All right, what is up, my peeps? Joshua Smith here at GSD Mode Studios, and uh, dude, we got a we got a, a special and different, unique style of podcast that we're doing today. Actually, doing a collaboration uh, with two of my good friends, Will Grimes and Eli Schmidt, uh, who are also podcast hosts of Day One Dollar Zero. Uh, Day One Dollar Zero, and uh, what we decided to do, man, is uh, we wanted to. Uh, this isn't the standard podcast interview style um, that I normally do. This is going to be a lot more of a collaboration, you know, but uh, Will and Eli, again, good friends of mine. These guys are on fire, creating massive success in their real estate business up in Denver, Colorado. Um, but, but at a deeper level, you know, these are guys uh, uh, that align with my core values, if you will, meaning, look, we want to go out there and win in business, but we also want to win in life. We have, you know, all three of us have, our families and kids and we're all serious about our health and so forth. And uh, we wanted to come on today and again, just collaborate and share our best practices and the things that, that we do um, that allow us to go out there and create success in our business. And specifically the topic that we're covering today is um, um, how to go from being a great goal setter to a great goal achiever. Look, a lot of people are great goal setters and setting goals is extremely important. You got to be able to set your goals. I mean, that's important. You got to have a goal, you know, right? Um, but most people, the statistic and, in, 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 you know, if you fact check me here, I might be a little off with this, you know, but I believe last time I read the stat was like like 97% of people that set New Year's resolution goals uh, of, of abandoned those goals within three weeks. You know, right. And I know uh, Will and Eli and I are all, all gym rats, you know, right. It's like New Year's resolution. I always say that I want to be a gym owner between January and March. You know, right. The gym gets flooded and then people just they die off, man. Um, you know, right. So for you guys to go out there and create success in your real estate business or if you're watching this, you're not in real estate business. This applies to any type of goals that you create, you know, right. But you got to become great and brilliant at your ability to set goals. Right. But then great and brilliant at achieving those goals. So what is that bridge? And we're going to walk you through what each of us personally do, you know, and so forth uh, to go out there and, and turn our goals into a reality. Um, uh, so with that being said, man, let's just kick it off, guys. Um, I'll let you guys kick it off. I don't know who, which one of you wants to go first, but let's start off with goal setting, you know, right? Getting clarity. So, you know, at least as of the time of us uh, creating this and this release, the thing that I love about, you know, doing these these uh, podcasts and so forth that live out on the internet, these will live out there forever. Um, but the one thing I want to say with that, you guys, is all this shit, dude, like this, this is shit that worked 100 years ago and work 100 years from now, you know, right? Like, like this is going to be relevant, which I know is uh, uh, one of Will's favorite words, <laughs> you know, at, at any given time. So just because, you, you know, you might be watching this two years down the road, don't think that, you know, this doesn't apply to you. Um, um, but, uh, uh, yeah, let's, let's jump on into, you know, how do you guys set and identify goals? I mean, it's, it's <clears throat> December, I don't even know the damn date today, uh, December 10th, maybe, um, that we're recording this, getting ready to lead into 2021, you know, so what do each of you personally do to, to set those 2021 goals or that, those following year goals? Yeah, it's great, man. So in contrary to popular belief, sometimes Eli and I have, have separate goals, uh, individually, as far as like our personal life, you know, and, um, we don't work out together as much as we do in business and we're always together and, <clears throat> and we're a great team, man. I don't ever see this guy in the gym. I don't want to see this guy in the yeah. gym. That's, that's kind of my time. But yeah, I, I was kind of like drawn to what you were saying as far as like people being great goal setters, mm -hmm. but not great, great goal achievers. You know, I'm still trying to wrap my head around that. Cause I'm just like, man, how can you be a great goal setter if you don't achieve any of them? Because then maybe it's just, what are you setting goals for someone else? Because if you're setting goals for yourself, 
and you're never achieving them. Like no matter how great it looks on paper, it was not a great goal because you didn't achieve it. You know? So I kind of think they're two in the same. And since we're talking real estate, that'd be like you being the best person at listing a house, but it never sells. It's a great way to put it. I just don't yeah. know because at, at the end of the day, it's like, it doesn't matter how great it looks or how well you stage it. If it wasn't priced right, if you didn't market it right and it just never sold, that's like being great at making goals, but then you don't ever convert on them. And I think the biggest thing when we're talking sales and relationships and we're, we're talking business here and we're talking being professionals, conversion matters. Nobody asks me how many homes I listed last year. They want to know if they sold, right? How many deals did you do? Mm-hmm. Not, hey, hey, how many offers? How many offers did you put in last year, Will? Yeah. Fuck, man. You know, like they want to know like, Hey, how many, how many deals got done? They don't care if there were 17 offers and it was so competitive and I get an honorable mention at the table because we were in the top three. No one cares. It was all conversion. And I really feel like that's got to correlate to your goals, right? Like we're either converting them or not converting them. A lot of people are going to start this and, and Josh, I'm sure you've heard a lot of this stuff, man. People start with their why, you know, like, Hey, why are you, you know, what's your why in life? Or like, what are you, what are you trying to go out and achieve and why? Like, I just, I don't know. It's not that I don't believe in it. I just think that sometimes finding your breaking point is a little bit more realistic and it, and it hurts, it hurts way more. Right. So if we're talking about the gym or, Hey, I want to lose weight, right. Or just, you know, it's either I want to lose a ton of weight or it's the person that loses the same 40 pounds every year. I think we all have that friend, right. They, mm-hmm. They're always 275 or 300 pounds. And you're like, Hey dude, you've done the cleanse and you've done the diet nine times. And I saw you lose the weight. You're losing the same weight every year. And it's interesting. And I just wonder like, Hey, like, are you tired of being fat? No disrespect to anyone out there. I'm using this for an example, but Hey, are you sick and tired of being fat? Are you sick and tired of not fitting in the clothes? Are you sick and tired of being out of breath? going upstairs to play with your kids. So you choose not to go play with your kids and you, and you stay downstairs. Are you sick and tired of not taking your shirt off at the pool? Are you sick and tired of not going on vacation because you don't want to go to the beach or an airplane's uncomfortable. And these are literally real stories that Eli and I have had in the fitness world. Those are real examples from folks that we've helped when they came in and they were just finally tired, man. They were tired. They were over it. And it was like, Will, whatever I got to do, to not be this man, I'll do it. And believe it or not, man, like, cool. Then let's figure that out. And then we help them with their goals. And first and foremost, goals have to be achievable and they gotta be able to be broken down, right? So one guy we had had to lose a hundred pounds. I did not talk to him about losing a hundred pounds. I talked to him about losing five pounds, 20 times, right? And also understanding that the first five pounds you lose out of that hundred pounds, is going to be different than the last five pounds you lose because the way your body is responding to fitness and the way your body is, is adapting to a lot of different things that you're doing. And it's getting used to the cardio that you're doing. It's getting used to the workout. When you first start that weight loss, believe it or not, a lot of that weight is rapid at first. A lot of your changes is easier than you thought and being consistent. It's going to be that last half. It's going to be the last 50 pounds, not the first 50. That's actually harder. However, for the last 50 pounds you got to go, you're more prepared. So you have to understand like when you have these goals, it's so important to break them down and have these incremental goals in between to achieve because understanding like who you're going to be as you get closer to that big goal is going to be different than who you are when you're starting. You know, so I, I think a lot of it, man, is just finding breaking points. People don't change until it's too painful not to. 
So are you sick and tired of being sick and tired? Are you not in the top 20% in real, in real estate? <clears throat> are you losing offers? Are you having clients not choose not to work with you? Are you not as busy as you like? And there's, there's some things in there and you've got to figure out how to wrap a goal around it. But you've either got to be really in tune with your why, Josh, or you got to be at a breaking point where you're, you're, you're willing to do whatever it takes to get better. You know, and then if you're not, if you've never set goals like this, I think getting with a guy like Josh or someone that understands how to take that bigger goal of I want to do 30 deals a year, whatever you're going to throw on paper to look good, but then break down incrementally what it's going to take to achieve that on a day in and day out. It's going to be super important. Mm -hmm. Josh, yeah, and so I think, I think uh, real quick, I'll just add on to that. If that's cool. He mentioned that, that point about connecting with, with someone like you, man, I think that's so critical because one of the things that I noticed, especially being a personal trainer for a long time, man, is people don't know what they don't know. Meaning when they set this arbitrary goal, like lose 30 pounds in two months or do 40 deals in their first year of real estate, because they heard of somebody else that did that, mm -hmm. just not understanding what actually goes behind that. And man, like that, that's just such a, a, a huge failure right out of the gate, because a lot of times you'll get a month into something and you quickly realize you're not going to hit that target. And then that just takes all the wind out of your sails. And I remember on your mm -hmm. course when I went through, cause I know you do that reverse engineering with your, with your goal setting and you, you dial it down to how many conversations you need to have per day to hit your goal. I remember that first year uh, it was, yeah, I think my first year in real estate, I went through your course and I remember setting my goal for myself and then dialing that down into how many conversations I need to have. And at that point in my adult life, man, I had enough self-awareness to know what makes Eli tick and what Eli's willing to do and not do. And when I got down to the number of conversations I was going to have to have per day, instantly, I was like, I'm, that's not going to happen. Like, I'm not going to do that. And that actually made me adjust my goals to set something based on not what I wanted to do year long, but what I knew I was willing and capable of doing every single day. And that's where a lot of people mess up, man, because again, a weight loss thing, when you actually break down actually caloric surplus, how many calories in a pound, how many calories do I need to burn in excess of what I'm eating every single day? So at the end of the week, I burned the, those one or two pounds. You may look at that and you're like, shit, that literally is impossible, right? Like no matter how much cardio I do, no matter how much like, and I know me, I'm going from sitting on a couch or chest chair 12 hours a day. I'm not going to be burning 7,000 calories more than I'm consuming every single day. I think, yeah. and I think, um, you know, well, just to add to that, can I, let me just, and I'll, I'll yeah, let you take ahead. it back over here. Um, you know, cause we're going to go into, uh, uh, in much deeper to the things that you guys, cause what you guys are saying is really important, you know, right. You got to set the goal and then you got to create the plan for the goal. And you got to break that down on a yearly basis and, and, and know what those steps need to be incrementally and, and so forth, you know? Um, uh, but I want to just kind of really stay more laser focused, at least until we transition the second segment on that, you know, cause the way that I see it, you know, and, and this is just, what works well for me and my own personal philosophy, but you know, I look at it as three parts to goal setting, you know, right. Setting the goal, creating the plan, you know, right. Which the plan is, you know, there's a lot that goes in that, which we'll talk about. Um, uh, and then from there identifying, you know, the supporting systems and, and, you know, people, whatever that you need to make, creating the environment, whatever that you need to make that a reality, right. Setting yourself up to win. Um, uh, but a lot of people have a challenge with getting clarity, you know, on what those goals are. And, and, you know, Will, you talked about a breaking point. And I always say that, dude, like the, the easiest, at least for me in my experience, man, the easiest time for me to get motivated and work my ass off was when I was broke, you know, right? When I ran like sick and tired of being broke and that was a breaking point and that motivated me and set goals to go out there and make money. 
became much, I, I had to learn a different way as I started making money and life got good, no longer was that a pain point. Yeah, right. So if we like look at, you know, specifically to you guys, like, uh, um, um, you know, what is it that you guys are doing, you know, the level that you're at to go out there and, and set those goals for 2021 and get your own personal clarity on those goals? Yeah, it's a man. It's a it's a great point. Right. It's a great it's a great question. And, I, you know, for me, man, I, I might be a little unique because of because of my backgrounds and, um, you know, the experiences I had in the Marine Corps, the experiences I had with, with government work the experience I had as a cop, it didn't matter how good you were at those jobs, complacency kills, right? So, you know, like for like, when you say like, hey, you're hungry, you're aggressive, you're out there when you're broke, you don't want to be broke anymore. Like, so cool. So you start getting comfortable and, and it's harder to find, it's harder to find a motivator, right? Like for me, it's not, man, because, you know, like when people, when people die in war, you'd like to think that it's heroic. You'd like not to think that someone was lazy, someone wasn't paying attention Someone wasn't following directions. Unfortunately, it's that you'd like to think that, you know, you'd like to think that every, every cop that dies in the line of duty, they were doing the best that they could. They weren't getting shot in their car because they weren't paying attention. They weren't getting hit by traffic drivers because people in traffic weren't paying attention and they weren't paying attention. They pulled the car over in the wrong spot. Like you don't want to hear those stories, but they're true. Complacency kills. So for me, man, I'm always a dog in a fight. Day one dollar zero is literal, right? It was like, what was our literal day one dollar zero? Right when I was sleeping in my buddy's mom's old Y2K pantry. And then how are we applying ourselves every single day like it's day one dollar zero, right? And something that we have, it's a control measure I've been using for a long time. Everything I just said sounds romantic, but it's like, okay, Will, but then how, how are you not complacent? Well, I run an after action report with myself every day. What went well? What did not go well? What could, how could I implement and be better at what did not go well? What did go well? How can I capitalize on what went well so I can scale that? And that's something that I run through my, that, with me. That's something for me that's every single day. And I'm forgiving if I have a bad day, if it's not, if it's, you know, because complacency, I also think is a slower process. If you have a bad day, I don't, I don't think you've lost that much traction. The problem is it's not identifying that you had a bad day. And I don't mean emotionally. I do not mean like, oh, I had a bad day because I was angry and I, and I bitched Eli out. No, man, I don't care about that. He'll, he'll, he'll get over it, right? Like, I mean, was I productive? Am I pushing the needle forward or not? I don't care if I liked my workout. Was it productive? I don't care if I liked filming our YouTube and getting four videos done in a day and if I was tired or no. Like, I, first and foremost is was I productive, Right. And then when I go into like, what could I do better and what went well that day? So first and foremost was like, what went well? What didn't? Well, what went well was that we got four YouTube videos done. Awesome. What did not go well? I was dragging ass and I had to force myself. And I know for a fact I could do it today. If I got to drag myself through tomorrow, it's going to come out on camera and I can't, I can't push myself through it. It won't be good content. Cool. How can you figure that out? Well, I stayed up too late. I haven't been drinking the right amount of water for three days. And that's why I was dragging ass. Cool. So what can I get better at? Well, I'm going to start drinking water right now. And I'm taking my butt to bed at 9 PM and I'm getting good sleep and I'm making sure that my workout is productive in the morning. So I'm fresh and recharged. And now we'll go have a productive day, but I'm also feeling better. Right. I think a lot of people, they don't identify some of those things. It's more of a mood base of whether I had a good day or not. And it's not whether I liked the day. It was how productive was my day. And, and Josh, I do that every day with myself. 
And that prevents me from becoming complacent. And I'll be honest with you, man. Like I don't want anybody newer than us, less experienced than us, just not as good as us beating us. I just don't, man. Like I, I pride our, you know, myself and ourselves on being super relevant and ever evolving. And if I'm not ever evolving, there's a problem. And if I've got guys that are doing less or inexperienced that are beating us, it, it's problematic for me. I don't like it, but I think the biggest thing for me is in the back of my head, the fear of complacency, because I've seen in physical form how terrible complacency can be on a, on a, on a battlefield as a police officer, not paying attention. I've seen that. Right. So it's, it's something that's very relevant to me. And I think I do a good job at taking those prior experiences from life and applying it and applying it to business. And, and Josh, I'm actually curious uh, for you, man. And this is where I, I would like to hear how you do it, man, because for me, I'm a very he big. He has me just yelling at him every day, I'm Josh. A, <laughs> he just has me like giving him noogies. I'm a very big uh, like context guy, man. So I'll actually delay goal setting quite a bit as far as the actual tangible. Okay, I want to make five hundred thousand this year, whatever that looks like. I tend to delay that a little bit until I have really good context as far as what that actually looks like, and then if I even want that goal, and I just use monetary as as an example. Um, but I just understand so well, and we'll get into this, I'm sure the actions that go into it, that man, if I'm not going to consistently do whatever those actions are, then I just know that goal was a waste of time anyway. So for me, like, I just have to get a feel for a, a business. Like I can't just set a financial goal for myself. If, you know, if I'm doing a million or if I want to hit a million dollars per year, but I'm just selling five or eight homes per year, man, I have to make sure that my first goal is showing up every day. First of all, finding out what moves the needle in my business. You got to try a lot of shit before you really find what sticks for you and what moves the needle. And then once I find what moves the needle, okay, now my goal is to show up every day and do that. And not only to show up and do that, but like Will said, be productive at it and then get control of my emotions enough to, you know, know that I need to do that regardless if I feel like it or not. And then once I'm in the groove of, okay, I'm showing up, I'm doing this. I know the needle is going in this direction. I, I have some momentum going, then I can really dial in that goal. But I think too many people without having any context, they set a goal right out of the gate because they think that's what they're supposed to do. When in reality, and I'm jumping ahead a little bit, they should be focusing on doing the things every day that are going to help get them there without really worrying about what that target is quite yet. Because I know me, man, I've, I fucked up enough goals to where that, that does. I, I mentioned taking the wind out of your sails earlier. When you hit this arbitrary, when you set this arbitrary goal and then you start figuring out how you're going to get there and getting into it every day and you, it's just not happening, man, it, it, you tend to squash the whole thing and then throw that whole year away. So for me, as I get older, I'm starting to learn better about how Eli operates, but I'm curious with you, man, your, your goal setting process. And even when you were younger, did you have that same process? What was working for you when you were younger? Like, how did that look? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's you know, when I was younger, let's just say. I say younger, like you're like you're old or some shit. <laughs> yeah. well, you know, say. like, uh, well, I was just, when you said younger, I'm all thinking of like fucking junior high and, and you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and, you know, those, those goals were more, you know, like, uh, you know, I was into wrestling. I was into skateboarding and, and at that time skiing and, you know, I have goals, you know for whatever that looked like and, and uh, that I wanted to accomplish in those sports, you know, those sports, but it's, 
over the years, man, it's, it's morphed so much. Um, um, and it's nothing like it is now. I mean, I would have, you know, Hey, okay. Hey, I want to win districts or want to, you know, Hey, I want to build or, you know, land this, you know, very okay flip, you know, right. But it wasn't, uh, you know, now today I've, 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 I dig so much deeper today. And a lot of this has been from, you know, just personal experiences that I had throughout my, my, you know, business and success journey, um, mistakes that I've made, you know, plus, you know, all the coaches and, and mentors and place that I've been to and, you know, adopting different things that work. And, you know, one, one of the biggest mistakes that I made in my real estate business early on is I jumped in the business, um, a sick and tired of being broke. You know, my breaking point was I was fucking broke, you know, never made more than $10 an hour before jumping into real estate, college dropout. And I was, you know, had, I, I had enough income to get me through like three weeks out of the, the month. But that fourth week, it's just like, what do I do? You know, right. And having to live in my car for, you know, two weeks at, at a time and fucking live, you know, shower at the gym and couldn't afford apartments and, you know, like having to sneak in a Taco Bell and, and steal a, a, a hot sauce packets just to like, you know, for food. And yeah, I just got sick of being broke. I got sick of feeling like a loser. And, and that's really what led to my, my, you know, success journey overall. But when I got into real estate, man, it was just like, I just wanted to make money. Yeah. Uh, which was, you know, like, I love money, dude. I'm not one of these that thinks money's bad. Money's not everything. And, and no, it's not everything, but it's fucking very important to me. Yeah. You know, right? Um, uh, so, so, but the mistake that I made is I was so focused on money. What you focus on is where you wind up in life. You know, right? Uh, so after about, uh, after my third or full year in this business, so going into my fourth year, you know, at that point, I'm making more money than I ever even knew it was possible getting into this business. That year, I think I netted like $780,000 or whatever. Um, but I was, I was ready to quit, dude. I was ready to bounce and, and, and leave this industry because I'm working for him to midnight. I'm, I'm, I'm in my mid-20s at that point. And I thought I was going to fucking die of a heart attack because I had so many chest pains throughout the day. I was a hamster in the wheel, you know, right? Um, and uh, now, of course, I didn't want to quit. You know, I didn't want to leave the money and so forth. But I knew I had a big problem. So I was so burnt out. And what I realized at that point is I set the wrong target. You know, to me, targets are, are, are so crucial, at least in my life and what I've found to, to, to work for me. Um, uh, and the way that I perceive now business, and this is what I, this, this experience taught me, um, uh, was all right, business is a vehicle. Like none of us live to work. We work so we can go out there and live and create the lives that we want. And it doesn't mean that we can't enjoy work, you know, right? But ultimately, like we, this is a vehicle to allow us to go out there and, and create the best life that we possibly can for ourselves, right? And those that we love and have impact and so forth, you know, right? So, uh, so I, then I decided at that point, okay, well, let me, let me start reverse engineering this, man. Like, what do I want out of life? What does my long-term life look like? Like, what, what do I honor most in life? What do I want to, to focus on and allow this business, I build this thing right and, and willing to, you know, sacrifice years and blood, sweat, tears, you know, eventually, eventually a business must reciprocate. It must give back to you. All right. When that business is reciprocating, giving back to me, what does that look like? What does that mean? What does it allow me to do? You know, um, so I had to get clear on that, man. And, and, you know, a few, and this was a lot of self-discovery, you know, but a few things I learned about myself through that process is what I honor most. And, and this is outside of, you know, family and, and so forth, but um, is to be able to do what I want, when I want, with whom I want. Like I want a business, my, my you know, outside of making impact and having a business of impact, right? Um, but on a selfish level, eventually I want that business to pay me the amount of money that I want to make, right? Um, um, while at the same time, giving me the freedom to do what I want, when I want, and with whom I want, you know, right? So then it got me, now that I had the right target, number one, it gave me a whole different excitement and passion for the business because now I knew what I was building. You, know, you guys talked about showing up every day and doing the actions, 
well, man, you got to show up and let's just say do X amount of dials today. You know, well, that, that could be difficult, you know, right? But if I know exactly what every single one of those dials is leading to, that, that puts a whole different, you know, style of inspiration and passion into making each of those dials and doing that hard work. So um, with that being said, I start with the end game, you know, right? I call it the ultimate scoreboard conversation, which is that conversation that we're all going to have on our deathbed as reflecting back on our life. I'm going to ask ourselves, what do we do to this gift called life that, you know, God blessed us with? Do we piss it away or do we go uh, out there and do something epic, you know, right? Give it all play ball um, um, or will we spectator and, you know, dying with a heavy heart of regret like 99% of human beings do. Okay, well, um, I know how I want that conversation to go. And each year, this is my process each year. I start with that conversation, right? And then I'm like, okay, how must that conversation go so that, that my life is a win? And it changes over time. The reason I do this every single year is, you know, uh, um, you know, as our life changes, you know, that conversation looked different for me before I had kids, you know, right? Like things change and, and things that, you know, sometimes we go down these journeys and paths. We think we want something that we realize we don't, that, you know, it's not important to us. We really don't want it. So every single year I start with that. Okay. Now this is the ultimate scoreboard. This is the ultimate target. Now, 2021, I'll just use that example. Cause that's next year. That is a stepping stone to get me there right? What must happen now in 2021 in each aspect of my life that's important to get me there? So I first then start with what I call the GSD mode model, the get shit done mode model, um, with I identify the one single biggest outcome in each aspect of my life that's important to me. So that for me is business, health, and then with my you know wife and my kids, right? So, and when I say outcome, this isn't outcomes. What is the one single uh, highest outcome the most important outcome that if I achieve this on New Year's Eve, if I accomplish this, I'm high-fiving myself and like, fuck yeah, we did it. You know, right? That, that if, if I accomplish this, all the other pains go away, this year was a massive win. And, and as you guys both said, like, you got to make it realistic. You know, right? Like, I have a, a goal of being a liquid billionaire before I leave this planet. I'm not going to go from where I am today to being a billionaire in 2021. You know, right? Like, so we, you know, they have to be realistic, but I also want them to be challenging. I don't want them to be easy. It's like, okay, if I'm extremely focused, if I work my fucking ass off, if I make the right decisions, I do things right, like this is possible. And maybe it's a little scary, maybe it's a lot scary, you know, but it's possible, right? It's not in comfort. So, okay, what's the outcome that I want? And again, I do this separate model for each area. Um, um, so what's the outcome that I want? Step two is what are the problems and obstacles in the way? you know, that you're currently facing that are in the way that are prohibiting you. Like, why isn't this a reality right now? Why didn't I make this goal reality in 2020? You know, what, what's, what's the block, right? And, and this is where you got to really deal in realities, man. Because a lot of times the problem is fucking you, you know, right? Your laziness, your behaviors, your habits, your attitudes, you know, not, I mean, a lot of times it's other things too. And just because of the problem and obstacle doesn't mean it's a negative thing either, you know, right? Like as an example, one year I had the goal, my, my outcome for my wife, the one outcome was date my wife, you know, got to the point where we were just like business partners. You know, I'm operating these businesses. She's at home with the kids. I get home. It's how's your day? How's your day? Okay, cool. We eat dinner. I go to bed. I'm exhausted. It's like, okay, do you do your shit? I did my shit. Like we, we kind of lost that, you know, that, that romance, you know, right. Um, um, and, and all that element of it. And I'm like, dude, like I wanted, I want to date my wife. What does that mean? You know, right? It was like, okay, hey, just because we've been together for over half our lives, been together since we were 16, we've been married 12, like it doesn't mean that this needs to get mundane and boring. Like I want to, I want each of us to have that same excitement and that same, you know, everything as when we were dating, you know, okay, well then what needs to happen? You know, right? Okay, well, let's just say we're, we're doing a, a weekly date night. 
well, we got three kids. Okay. Now obstacle and problem is we got three kids, you know, right. Um, uh, so got to, but then we can figure out a solution for that, you know, get a babysitter and, you know, and, and look what that looks like. So a problem and obstacle isn't always a negative thing, but once I get very clear on the problems and obstacles, right, then I go into step three and it's okay. What are the must do action steps to make this uh, a goal reality? Right. So that's kind of a, 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 a you know, I don't want to say a vague thing. Um, uh, you know, it's, it's extreme clarity on that. Um, uh, but then from there, we got going to a vision document. So I put out uh, uh, all the things that I want to achieve based on that ultimate scoreboard conversation, ultimate scoreboard question that I wanted to not just achieve, but do in my life, you know, like vacations, things I want to learn, just cool shit I want to do, you know, right. As well as business, like everything, anything I want, anything I want to do, whether it's, and, and, and I always tell people, don't overthink this. Don't talk yourself out of it. Don't be like, you know, oh, I, I want, you know, this mansion and then be like, oh, I don't really need that. No, if you fucking want it, put it on the list. You know, right. If it's something that would make you, you know, <laughs> allow you to live a, a, a epic life, just put it on the list. Don't even think about it. If it's something that just calls to you. It calls your heart for whatever reason, even if it's an ego thing, even if it's uh, you know, whatever, like some of, some of the shit I want is stupid, you know, right. Like it doesn't make sense, you know, right. It's like, all right, man, like when I go to the pool, I want to be able to take my shirt off and be in the best shape of everybody out there and have everybody like, what the fuck? That's a yeah. total ego play, but it makes me feel good about myself. I'm not going to think deep about it and go on a spiritual journey and, you know, right? Like it just is what it is. You, you know, sometimes you want what you want. You like what you like, you know, right? So I'm going to list all that stuff out. Then from there, I'm going to identify up to eight of those things that I know, again, if I'm focused, I work my ass off, I can make a reality. Uh, I can turn into a reality in the next 12 months. So then when I identify those, um, um, along with my outcomes uh, that I have, uh, then from there, I'm writing a paragraph on each. And this is where I go deep into, because I am a big believer in the why. Now, I think uh, maybe what Will was talking about before was like, you know, people talk about like uh, uh, your why and your purpose, you know, for overall life, you know, right? Like Elon Musk's why might be to, to solve inter interstellar space travel before he leaves. So, you know, when this planet is inhabitable, people have a place to go. I, uh, dude, I don't have a big fucking monumental crazy why. You know, right? Like, like, it, like a, a, a life why like that. Um, you know, really my why is just, I want that conversation to go how I want it to go on my deathbed. You know, right? However, when I talk about why, I want to get deep into the why of each of my goals. You know, right? To the core of why is this extremely important? So, you know, uh, Eli, you mentioned something about closing 30 deals. Okay, 30 deals. Let's equate that to income. Okay, well, why is that important to you? How does that impact your life? Because at the end of the day, money is just a fucking piece of paper right? What, what we're really after is how does that make our life different? You know, right? What pains does it eliminate uh, uh, that we're currently experiencing? Um, why is that truly important? Uh, um, what will our life be like once we accomplish this at the end of 2021? How I think, yeah, I got an example, not to cut you, know, you off. How, how, yeah. How will we feel? How, how will that impact our, our, our business or the more families that we're able to serve our families? You know, right. I want to get deep into that. Like I'm visualizing and thinking of like this already, like I'm already that person. I've already accomplished that. You know, right. What that looks like. Then I go into a negative paragraph though of, okay, what does life look like if you don't make that into a reality? You know, right. How do you feel about yourself? Right. Uh, um, uh, what, how does that negatively impact your family, your financial situation, your future wealth, your clients, your business. And the, and the reason why I found that that negative uh, uh, is, is important. One for a couple of reasons is because again, you can, try to visualize and put yourself in that state so you can get a sense of what it feels like without actually being the, you know, feeling on that goal yet. But the other thing too, is you can then identify, you know, sometimes it'll happen where I identify like, fuck dude, like this just isn't really a goal that really matters to me. 
like, you know, maybe, maybe it's a new vehicle that I want or something. Well, if I don't make that a reality, like, okay, I still got a nice fucking vehicle. I don't really, it, it doesn't really matter. Okay. Well, th does that need to, uh, 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 you know, um, secure my focus and my attention then for the next year of my life? If it's something that's kind of a shallow goal, it doesn't fucking matter. You know, right. So get to that root, root core cause that, that why, cause here, here's the thing. When you talk about goal setting and goal achieving, um, uh, if you are not crystal clear on why, another way to look at that is the reason, right? So why and or the reason of why you must accomplish this goal in the next 12 months of your life. Like why you, you can't go beyond 2021 without this goal becoming a reality. You know, right? Like getting so clear of, of why that is so important to you. If you're not clear on that, in most cases, most people, 99.9% .9 of the time, will then succumb to all the reasons of why not to do the fucking work necessary to go out there and make that goal reality. You know, right? So, so like the reason that you want it, it has to uh, be larger than the suck that you got to go through, you know, to make that a reality, right? So, you know, I want to get clear on all, all of those things. Um, um, and I'll spend like this, this year, dude, I spent four weeks uh, um, uh, just on the clarity process. I took all, the whole month of October on, on setting and then also getting clarity to make sure that these were important to me, not just important to me, getting to that root cause of why, you know, right? And my, my you know, peak performance coach that I work with that coaches me, and I have her walk me through these processes during these times as well. Um, but she, you know, she, she's peeling back the onion seven times, you know, right? Well, you know, the, the 30 homes allows me to make 150 grand a year. Why is that important to you? You know, right? Well, it allows me to, you know, uh, uh, get my kids, you know, my kids are in public school in an area that public schools aren't that great. It allows me to put them in the private school that we've always, you know, that, that we wanted to go to. Well, why is that important to you? Well, I'll give them better opportunities. And okay, well, why is that important to you? You know, right? And then maybe at the core, you, you, you find out and realize that they grew up, um, their family wasn't in a position to, to you know, provide them the education that they need to give them the right advantages to go out there and succeed in life. And you know, they felt like they started this life at a disadvantage and they committed at that time you know, that, that they 100% would make sure that they put their kids in, you know, gave their kids a better kickstart and a jumpstart than they had. You know, like, because then from there, like, and I do this with my agents, because when I'm having a conversation with my agents, it's never a, hey, how are you doing on making that 250 grand this year? Say, so, hey, how are you doing on getting your kids in that private school? Mm -hmm. uh, well, I'm falling a little short. Well, hey, I, I, we all fall short at times, and, and I get it, and I understand it, and it's hard work to make this a reality, you know, um, but there's going to be two pains that you're going to experience. Either the pain of doing the work or the pain of not getting your kids in that school. And you got you to gotta deal in realities and face some, you know, some hard truths here. And there's no judgment coming from me. I'm here to support you either way, you know, right? Um, but do you want to get your kids in the school? Or at the end of the year, do you want to have to face that conversation with them that you, you, were, you were unable to get them in that school because you chose to not do the necessary work that you know how to do, but you chose to not go out there and do the work necessary to get them into that school. And then even at a deeper level, you then have to have the pain of feeling as a potential failure as a parent. Yeah, right. So, so you're going to experience pain either way. You know, like Eli, you talked about, you know, hey, when I saw those amount of calls, I got to do that day. And I was like, no, you know, right. Well, could have been, you know, well, I don't know if you adjusted your goal strategy, but, you know, yeah. it's like, dude, like, yep. you know, if that, if that pain, you know, as we'll talk about that pain point, if that, if that's deep enough, you know, to the core root reason of why this must become a reality. And then from there, when like we're doing our vision boards uh, uh, Friday, and a lot of people think that's woo woo, but, you know, to me, I'm a huge believer in it because once I get clear on all of that shit, 
Like I want to have it plastered in front of my face, reviewing it multiple times a day, right? So when I have those weak moments, I'm always reminded of, of why this thing must become a reality, you know, uh, for me to go out there and accomplish throughout, throughout the year. Yeah. I think there's, I think there's two big things there, man. I, you ever tell people to get out of real estate? Um, you know, uh, uh, not in maybe those exact same words, you know, right. Um, you know, but I am, I, I am very kind of getting at is like when someone's like, like, and for those people that have, so I want to give, I want to break down an example of the 30 homes a year or the, Hey, like my first goal was 12 homes a year. I ended up doing 34. The reason why the goal was 12 is because 12 was the top 20% of real estate here in Colorado, at least. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. I think it's also, it stretches across nationwide, but so my first goal, my first five minutes in real estate. I wanted 12 deals in a year, right? And the why wasn't the money. The why was, hey, 12 deals a year means I'm in the top 20%. If I can get to the top 20% of this industry within the first year, I got a fighting chance I can make it work that I might be talented enough to do it in the first place. And I don't think that gets talked about enough of, are you talented enough? Do you have the intuition? Do you have the communication skills? Do you have the understandability of contracts and processes and being able to manage a listing and a buy at the same time or manage a listing and understand what coincides with that? How, you know, like your foot, like your football IQ, like how, how well do football players understand intuition on the field? Not just, do you memorize the playbook? How well do you execute it on the field? There's a talent there, right? And there's going to be some people that are really talented in real estate and communication and execution. And there's going to be people that can follow a process and make 500 calls a day and do everything you tell them, but they're not doing it. So when their goal is money, Hey, I want to get my kid into this school. That's not a real estate goal. You could be in real estate and that could be your vehicle and real estate has the potential to bring you that type of income. But it's also understanding that like, well, is that my goal right away? Or should I have a real estate specific goal that lets me know whether I'm freaking good at it or not in the first place? And I think it's important because we know a lot of people that they will check the box every single day with what they're doing, but they just don't have what it takes to be where they think that they want to be in real estate and, you know, and if you're not thinking of yourself as an entrepreneur in real estate, I mean, I strongly disagree with you. If you think your managing broker is going to build something for I strongly disagree with you. So when we're breaking down goals, when we talk about the number, why? Well, I want to do 30 homes because I need to make this much and I need to make this much money to put my kids here. Well, you can make money doing a lot of different things. You might be a way better drop shipper than you are realtor. So you got to have something specific to real estate in addition to your income goal that says, hey, am I achieving here? Is there something here within my first year, my, you know, my first two years, whatever that looks like for you, is there something that's a key indicator that says I've got a fighting chance to be successful in this industry or not? Yeah. Well, that, that pivots us to the next part, part right? It's, you know, cause the, I look at getting the crystal clarity and the goals and most people just don't spend enough time with this. You know, more people spend more time designing their fucking Christmas list than they ever do their life plan. Yep. You know, right. So, so, okay. Like you've got your goals, right. And in that, like, okay, if somebody gives me an income goal or whatever that may be, you know, that's very easy to then go out there and equate into what that looks like for a real estate goal, you know, right. Um, but then from there, yeah, then you got to create the plan, you know, right. And part of that, I mean, part of your plan is the skill sets required, you know, right. Um, uh, that you need to go out there and make those goals a reality. So, you know, then from there, like, what is your guys's process that you go through? Like, okay, now we've created these goals. We got, we're clear on goals, what we must accomplish in 2021. You know, right. Now let's go into that planning. Yeah. Right. So we, and I don't know if you guys have a year plan or if you're just doing a month plan, day plan. I know you talked about your, your, you know, kind of daily reflection time. Um, uh, but what does your planning process then look like 
you know, right? So then you have that roadmap. It's like, okay, fuck, like, hey, I, I might want to go to, I don't know, wherever's a fun place to go vacation, but I also got to have the fucking, you know, roadmap to get my ass there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, man. Um, I think it's, man, just like that, that planning and process is huge, right? And I think you and Eli kind of hit on it because we keep talking about calls. You're just not going to get me to make a cold call. And that's okay, right? Some people that's going to be good for, some people it's not. I'm not saying it doesn't work. It's just not me. And that's okay. As long as I've got a plan of like, hey, I'm definitely not going to do that, right? Like if I, if I hate broccoli, but I've got to have a certain amount of greens in my diet to achieve whatever I want to achieve, but I know I'm not going to choke down broccoli. Okay. But then I need to find another green, dense, nutrient dense vegetable to eat in lieu of, right? So if you're not a cold caller, if you're not a lead guy, cool. And that's fine if you're going to eliminate something. If you're brand new, it's really hard to eliminate because you just never know. But if you just know you're not going to do something, that's fine if it stays off the table. But then what are you going to do? And then figuring out what you, you know, what you're going to be willing to do with yourself. You've got to have several different avenues. Eli and I do a lot of social media stuff, but then we also built our YouTube page. And we've also got some things that we do with follow-up in our sphere of influence. And I think when you're going over your plan for your process, you've got to figure out like, hey, what avenues do I have that can make me successful at that? You might add some throughout the year. We did not plan for YouTube until COVID happened. That obviously didn't happen on January 1, right? But we were constantly evolving with making sure we were relevant. And when obstacles, you know, fell our way, we were we were fundamentally sound to adapt to that and then just make sure that we've got a good plan and we put it to use. So it's, this isn't just a January 1 thing. I think it's an ever-evolving thing. And just as much as you put something on the table, you've also got to be willing to take something off the table if it doesn't convert. So if we're doing our our social media game plan and hey, cool. Here's the specifics with that. And we've got our YouTube and hey, all right, we're going to amp it up. We're going to do two a week and we're doing this and this and this. Hey, great. There's your execution. What are we doing with past clients and our sphere of influence? Hey, bam, bam, bam. Hey, here's what we're doing. Cool. And then maybe we have one more than that, but you've got to assess whether it's creating conversion or not. Right. And if something's not working, but some, you know, but other things are, and you should probably, you know, gravitate to those and triple down on those. But we like having several different avenues of success as far as like this overall goal. We want to do more deals than Joshua Smith. Awesome. What's going to get us there? Well, first, you got to know what Joshua Smith does, I guess, right? That, that might be a good starting point. But then secondly, we've got to dial into our strengths. What three paths, to do your four paths that we have that can climb that mountain. Mm -hmm. And then once we've got that, obviously, I'm, I'm getting too far ahead here, but throughout the year in real time, you've got to assess like, Hey, are these fun? Cause a lot of people love social media, Josh. They have a great time with it or they love like happy hours, mm -hmm. right? Oh, we're doing this happy hour. And Oh yeah. I'm, hey, I'm, I'm eating my coffee for client. I, I got agents, man, that I know personally that do more coffees. And I, I don't even know, I didn't even know they made this much coffee and I'm looking at the two deals that they've done. Yep. And it's like, Hey, you love mingling but there's no conversion to it. And you're staying inside of, inside of some comfort zone. That's not good for you. And again, B2B, right. We're talking to realtors on this podcast or Leonard, whoever's listening to this podcast, entrepreneurs, one road to success. I'm, you know, I, I think you need more. I think you should probably game plan further and figure out what your strengths are and then how you can spread that out just to figure out and have some Intel on well, what's going to work. And for talking you. specifics to that man over here on our studio. So, um, a little earlier this year for 2021, we put together an income goal for Will and I collectively. It's on a couple big pieces of paper up on the wall. So it's literally there all the time. So here's something a little different. So for us, we have an income goal and then reverse engineering. Okay, what does that look like in terms of deals? 
looking at that in terms of deals, we're like, man, we don't even want to do that many deals per year. What's another uh, income generating revenue stream that we could add to that? Okay, that looks like this. And then, okay, what again is reasonable and obtainable? We have enough context as to Will and Eli right now to know what's kind of obtainable for us, but that's definitely a push. And then that got us closer. And then, okay, what's one more? So exactly what Will said. So we've got our income goal and then the three revenue streams are going to get us there. Mm -hmm. And then within each of those revenue streams, we have action goals. So for us, man, um, I don't necessarily put an end date. And even though I know all goals should have an end date, I didn't put it on the financial goal. We put an end date of the end of 2021 to have those income streams built up, established and generating income. Once we have those in place, now we can probably the following year, put a goal, an end date on that income goal, and we can start scaling those. But for us, we have that, that North star of the income, but then boiling that down into three revenue streams. Okay. Now we know what we need to be doing the rest of 2020 and 2021 to be able to hit that. Yeah, man. It's everything you learn in the interim and maybe I'm going too far. Josh, if I am, uh, tell me to shut up, <laughs> but I think just the day in and day out, every, you know, if you got a, if you got a goal of making a million dollars a year and cool. That means I've got to either do this many deals or this many deals plus sell this many online courses or this many deals plus this many online courses, plus this many clients coach. Cool. And that's great. Figuring out inside of each one of those lanes, like what you're doing on a day in and day out to push the needle on all of those is super important because I think, you know, like that number of a million dollars a year, like where are you pulling that from? How do you know it's achievable? How do you know it's not achievable? I don't think you do. I think, my after action report every day, man, of what I'm doing, what I'm not doing, what's working, what's not working. And that at the end of my year, I can go, Hey, I busted my ass. I did everything within the ability I had at that time with the knowledge I had at that time to do the best that I could. And I ended up making $800,000 that year. Cool. You didn't hit your million, but where did you, where did you pull that million from in the first place? So I, you know, and then, Hey, cool. Now that I have a context because I knew what it took to make 800, how can I gain that gap on that next 200, right? How can I change my year for the following year and not only make a million, but maybe because I've learned how to do eight. Hey, what can I do to double that? Hey, what can I do to increase that by 25%? But it's so hard to just tackle that goal. That's so big blind, you know? So for me, man, I'm just, I don't, I, I hope I'm not, you know, like going against anything anyone is saying, but I'm just so, I'm so adamant on everything you got to be doing day in and day out. That not only gets you to that goal, but if you don't quite hit it, is that a failure? Man, I don't know. Cause I don't know if it was even realistic to hit in the first place. I don't think, I don't think, you know, I don't think you understand quite yet. Like, yeah, I want to make a million unless you've had some level of income success, Josh, you might have an income goal right now. You have a lot more context on how you've made income prior. That's going to get you to that next step. Right. So I just think it's super important to just make sure that what you're doing day in and day out and how you're documenting that, how you're reviewing it, how you're, you're improving in real time every single day. So at the end of that year, you can go, Hey man, I left it all on the table and I made 700 K great job. How can I close the gap this year on that 300 to actually make that a reality? Yeah. No, I, it, yeah, it's true, man. hundred percent true. I'm glad they brought that up. I mean, you know, it's important to, I mean, if the goal is important to you, you know, right. To not abandon the goal. I mean, I have, 100% had years where I've fallen short, let's just say on a financial goal for the business, but I stuck with it. Um, and then the next year I ended up absolutely murdering the goal and succeed, you know, exceeding the goal. Yeah. Right. But I didn't abandon the goal. I didn't get discouraged. 
Yeah, right. I mean, one thing in, in uh, on our success journeys, especially in business, man, you're going to fail exponentially more than you succeed. You know, right. Um, but I don't look at it as failure unless you quit, man. I look at it as a, a science experiment. It's like I'm the control. All this other shit that I'm testing out or all the variables. I'm just learning out some things I learn of what works well. A lot of shit I learn out what doesn't work well. Other people, you know, perceive the what doesn't work well as failures. Right. Again, to me, it's just a science experiment, man. You know, right. And just sticking with it, sticking with it, sticking with it. Um, um, yeah. And I, I, you know, agree with what you guys are saying. And here's the cool thing. I mean, we, we all have, you know, different processes. That's why I wanted to, you know, do this collaboration together. Cause it's not that, you know, mine's better than yours or yours is better than mine. It's about identifying what works for each of us individually. You know, I think sometimes like us as human beings get put in this, this kind of box of do this, do this, do this. Well, we are such complex fucking unique, you know, you know, this, insane complex species and you know each of us is you know wired differently plus our different life experiences and so forth you know right like there's not one thing that's going to work amazing for everybody you know right and it's it's identifying that you know that flow that works good for you and 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 uh, you know to what you guys said man it's like okay once i identify what what those things are and why i want them and what's you know whatever what those goals are those outcomes are you know and i've had many years where you know my outcome goal wasn't money you know, it's like, okay, the money's good. I just want to figure out how to do this in 60 hours a week instead of fucking 80 so I can spend more time with my family, you know, right? Um, um, you know, and that might just adjust that strategy and so forth, you know, but then from there, um, you know, again, getting very clear on the definition of, of, of what winning looks like, you know, uh, uh, throughout that year. And, and this is kind of a silly goal, uh, or, but this is a real goal of mine for 2020. Like I'm unflexible as hell, you know, right? Um, so I'm like, all right, dude, like I want, I want to, I want to, be flexible. Like that, that's one of my health goals. Like I, I want to gain flexibility and become flexible. I'm like, well, I, well, how do I define that? Like what's winning? So I set two, two, you know, goals, if you will, on that are, are two things that must happen that would show that I'm flexible. You know, number one, I got to be able to do the full splits. Number two, I need to be able to go down. Like when you go to touch your toes, we can palm the floor. I'm like, I can do those. Like I can barely touch my knees right now. You know, right. Um, yeah, <laughs> so then it's like, okay, well that shows me that I, that I'm winning, that I achieved that goal. You know, right now, let me create a daily plan and a routine, you know, right? Where I'm working that that every single day and measuring that and seeing, you know, right? So I get better at it each and every day. So, you know, as I'm going this, let's just, you know, stick with business here. Um, uh, but let's just say it's close to X amount of deals. Now, you know, for, for, for me or an experienced agent that tracks their numbers, tracks their data, which is extremely important. If you don't know the data inside your business, like you are deemed to go out there and struggle and, 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 you know, I don't want to say fail and drop out of business, but you are going to fucking struggle. That's you are hard. not going to go out there and create big success, right? You got to know your data numbers. So, um, um, because I'm, you know, tracking my data, it allows your business to be predictable. Like I know exactly, okay, how many leads per what lead source, I know, okay, if I need to dump a lead source, scale up a lead source, I know what my cost per lead is, I know what my cost per acquisition is. I then know not just how many leads equate to a closing, you know, right? We're taking it more in depth, you know, how many leads, right? Then when we look at, you know, Will talked about cold calls, we're not talking about dials. I'm the same way. I don't cold call, I don't door knock, you know, right? I, I, I believe in, I like people coming to me, you know, right? So when I'm talking about dials, those are follow-ups, you know, right? I do only inbound uh, uh, sources where people are raising their hand coming to me. Um, but that still, that still takes follow-up when people come in and their leads, man, they're like, you got to follow up with them and so forth. So I know exactly how many, how many reach outs, so dials, conversations, uh, um, uh, appointments set, appointment conductions, clients, you know, turned out that, that, uh, uh, you know, my last year's closing goal, right? So then now I know exactly what to scale it up to. 
Yeah, right. So if I want to grow my business 30%, I just got to scale each up of those things up 30%. You know, right. But you guys got to deal in realities. Maybe you're like, you know, is, is an example, my ISA last year, um, uh, uh, we did, uh, uh, and it's a small ISA department. Um, it's only two agents, and one ISA. We did 60 deals in that department. He did 47,000 dials, you know, right. To, to, um, uh, uh, make that a reality. Well, maybe we want to do a hundred, you know, right. Well, when we start dealing realities on that, okay, does he have the capacity to make those amount of dials? And if not, you know, do we either need to tweak our strategy or do we need to bring in another ISA? You know, right. So you got to deal in realities on those things. Cause none of us, you know, like there's always so many times in the day and you know, you gotta, be, you know, you gotta be careful of burnout, plus you gotta manage your clients and so forth, you know, right. Um, but I'm going to go over with an overall yearly plan. So I know, okay, Hey, I need to, here, here's going to be, as you guys talked about, here's, here's my lead sources, you know, right. Um, uh, here's exactly how many leads I need to generate. Here's exactly how much that's going to either cost me or how much time, like, I know you guys do a lot of YouTube, all right, well, here's exactly how much time we need to invest, you know, right, into going out there and creating these YouTube channels. Like, we do a lot of open houses. That doesn't cost us money, you know, right, but we are able to know, okay, here's how many open houses we must do. Here's how many hours that, you know, each open house takes and so forth. So, so it's, it's either time or money calculation that we need yes. to do there. Um, um, uh, so, you know, we've got that dialed in. We know exactly how many reach outs, conversations, appointments set, uh, clients, our appointment set, appointment conductions, clients, and closings that we must hit in the next 12 months to make that a reality. You know, right? Then I'm going to break that down. I'm going to break it down monthly. Then I'm going to break it down weekly. You know, right? Um, and then that way it allows us to break it down daily. Because the only way to win the year is like I look at it as I get very clear on what I want for the year. I get a crystal clear strategy, crystal clear plan to go out there and make that a reality. But then from there, dude, my life is in 17 hour blocks. I sleep seven hours a night, and then I do. I'm not thinking about tomorrow. I'm not thinking about next week. It's like, all I got to do is fucking win the next 17 hours of my life. Mm -hmm. You know, right? So it's really essential to have that daily plan each and every day, you know, right? but you got to know if you're winning. And the only way if I know if I'm winning is to reverse engineer those numbers, you know, because you can, fuck, I don't care how hard you sprint, you know, if you're sprinting uh, uh, east, chasing the sunset, you're never going to see it, right? So you got to make sure that you're, you're, you're working your ass off, working hard, you know, right? Um, but then also working on the right things. Um, so that's why this is really important. And then just like, uh, you know, Will talked about, um, you know, I do a daily playing and a daily reflection, you know, so, so I know you called it your, your AAR um, after action review. Um, but I do mine at the end of my business day, every single day, the first thing I do is reflect on, on, okay, well, here was my, here was the activities I needed to hit today. Here was the plan I needed to make to, into reality today. You know, did I make those things into reality? You know, right. Here's all the things I got on my schedule. Here's all the things I got involved in all the things I accomplished. You know, right. Um, um, you know, the first thing I asked myself with all the activities is, you know, was this getting me one step closer to my goals? Was this a good use of my time? And if no, I eliminate it, learn from it. Don't allow it to happen again. Next thing of, of the things that are in alignment, it's okay. How can I get more effective and efficient at this? And I deal on seconds and pennies. How do I just get a little bit better? You know, right. Even if it's half a percent better, you know, right. Just always refining, always refining. Um, then I've got a couple other deep reflection questions that I go through there. Um, but then I plan out the next day. You know, right. And when I go out and uh, uh, plan my next day, like I need to know exactly what those KPIs are, man. I'm just speaking specifically to business here, but I need to know, you know, okay, how many leads do I need to generate today from these sources? How many reach outs? How many, how many conversations? How many appointments set? Um, um, you know, with our planning, it's not just business. We, you know, put in personal self-development, all of that, you know, right. But if, if I need to win this next 17 hours of my life, what does winning look like? From the second I wake up to the second I go to bed, I want to have that concrete, have it committed to paper. Like you never enter a day without having a plan in place. 
Yeah, right. But then from there, the important thing of the reflection and the recalibration is, you know, if you look at an airplane, it spends 90% of its time in the air readjusting the nose to the target because of turbulence. You know, right? Well, that same shit happens in our lives, right? Like, like uh, you all of a sudden the fucking deal goes to shit, you know, right? And you got to spend three hours with putting out fires and so forth. Well, that three extra hours that you weren't planning for maybe took away from your follow-up time. Maybe you get a call, your kid's sick, has strep throat, you got to go pick them up from school. And now you got to go spend the rest of the day at home with, with your kid. You know, right. And that's what's cool about early when I talked about my GSD mode outcomes, I don't stress about the work because I got an outcome for my kid that gives me more. Yeah, they're sick and they're, you know, might be kind of pain in pain or whatever. You know, right. But that gives me a chance to go spend more one on one time with them and try to create a unique experience. And it alleviates the stress because I know I'm going to recalibrate for tomorrow because, you know, I'm going to try to win every day. But there are days 100 percent where I don't win. I fall short, whatever the reason may be, it may be out of our control or it may have just been that I fucking was lazy and sucked that day. You know, right. Well, based on that, I know what, I know what I did that day. I know what my year date numbers are. I know what needs to uh, happen for the rest of the year. You know, right. So then I can recalibrate that next day, you know, or spread it out over the next week, you know, right. But then, you know, it's just like we talked about actually before we hit the record button, you know, Will, you were talking about, you know, uh, uh, having the, the right focus, you know, right. And you were giving the analogy of, of the gun shooting the gun and so forth. And, you know, but, you know, I brought up the, uh, uh, the lead and lag measure. And the example I always give there is, okay, maybe you have a goal of losing 30 pounds. Like the, the scale is the lag measure. That's the goal. That's the outcome. But it's not going to do me any good to jump on that scale every day and only focus on and pay attention to the needle. You know, right? Like it's going to stay at the same place and I'm going to go fucking out of my mind. You know, right? And I'm not saying to not jump on the scale, right? That, that's the scoreboard that shows you if you're winning or not. Like, cool, jump on it once a week, you know, right? However, your main focus needs to be, what the plan is to make that a reality. You know, I do these daily activities, eat this specific diet, taking this daily caloric intake. Um, and then boom, if you do that, because a, a calorie is just a weight, you know, right. Again, the path is in the math. Uh, um, so if you do that and you follow that every day and you focus on the right actions, that scale is going to show you exactly what you want it to fucking show you. You know, so as you guys, you know, talked about in the beginning, it's all about then, man, you know, creating that, you gotta, you gotta reverse engineer it but having and focusing on that daily plan and those daily actions, you know, right. And going out there and executing on those. Just being fundamentally sound, man. Like I'm glad you brought up some of these, these circumstances that happen. I think there's two big points there is learn how to have a bad moment, not a bad day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. So Eli and I getting a little hissy fit. Cause he's just, he's a bully and he's yeah, like, like, we fight all the time. He's just like doing something <laughs> to me or whatever. And he kicks me out of his car, yeah, 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 whatever. Yeah. Right. Like, Handle that moment, but don't allow that moment to, to make your, oh, now you have a bad day, right? Yeah. Have a bad moment. And then secondly, um, you know, there's ep- there's ebb and flow to everything, right? So when we talk about weight loss, right? If we're helping somebody lose a hundred pounds, cool. You got to lose five pounds, 20 times. Realize some days you might lose more than five pounds or excuse me, some, sometimes you might have a week, you lose more than five pounds. Sometimes you might have a week where you lose one. And it's not necessarily like anything that you're doing wrong. Your body's maybe just adapting to a workout. Your body's adapting to the food. And there's just little incremental adjustments and understanding when you're making these goals. It's not that you have to do the same exact thing every day, or if you don't do something one day, you can't do it the next. Like your kid gets sick. Okay. Hey, he's got strep, whatever happened, strep throat, this and that, that and this. And you got to go pick him up from school. And it's clearly a priority, but you're now going to miss out on some of your activities. Cool. You get kid home, he gets, gets a medicine and kid goes down for some sleep. But you can't do sir. I can't go out and film YouTube with Eli now because my daughter's homesick and she's sleeping. Okay, but what can I do? Was there anything else on that task list for the week? Is there anything on a task list 
for, for my goals overall period where maybe I could be doing some social media reach outs. I could be banging out some emails. I, I'm, I'm creating some other content for the following week's yeah. video. So we don't have to recon those later. What can I do while I'm at home? Right. And it's just, it's just that, that ability to have the right mindset of have a bad moment, have it. Okay. Get it out, have it, get through that bad closing, whatever that is. Just don't allow that closing that bad closing or that bad whatever to consume your entire day. And if there is something that's limiting you, like a kid being sick or, or the closing to whatever, whatever it may be, you know, now I can't go film YouTube because it's dark and it gets dark at four 30 now. And that closing took forever. Okay. What can I do, man? You well, know, and I think that that little switch of that mindset, man, of just like you say, like you say, uh, Josh, not giving up on the goal. Right. And Hey, if it takes me a year and four months instead of a year, like, that's okay, but I achieved it. And now what's next, right? It's not only about not giving up on the goal on that year long scale. It's in that moment. It's on that day, not giving up on the goal that, okay, I can't make these calls now, but I can do this and I'll do this now. And then I can make up those calls here and just improvise, adapt and overcome. It's the same thing we run into on a battlefield. You got a great plan and then you get to the battlefield and it might be completely different. But if you're fundamentally sound, and everyone understands the goal and what we're there to accomplish, we can improvise and adapt and overcome on that battlefield in real time and do something different and put that plan together and still execute. And you come out on top. And I think we've just got to have some of that mentality within us um, while we're going through this. Cause not every day is going to work out perfect. Right. Especially in real estate, man. One thing that Will and I do that might be tangible and helpful for your listeners, man, and our listeners that can, they can implement right now. So, once we establish kind of our, our non-negotiables, we'll call them like the shit that needs to be done every day, every week to keep our business moving forward. All that stuff got time blocked in a calendar with reoccurring appointments, things like that. Now mm-hmm. we still do the majority of all our own deals. So as we know, real estate can be a shit show from day to day. And um, you know, so <laughs> there is, there does have to be a level of flexibility there, but the importance of having that stuff time blocked on our calendar is that it never gets deleted. It can get moved as needed, but it never gets deleted. And I would say mm-hmm. it's always a priority. So a, a business lunch, something that is, that isn't going to move the needle does not take the place of our non-negotiables. However, mm-hmm. when uh, a closing needs to takes place last minute, when a seller who's out of state needs something done at their house that we physically have to go over and just handle, um, and we need to make some adjustments, those time blocks will get moved, but it's such a conscious thing that we see, okay, we are moving this non-negotiable that means we have to pay special attention to it and make sure that wherever we do move it, it gets taken care of. And that's something that just helped us a ton, man, because it's so yeah. easy to set goals for yourself. And then three months into life or fuck COVID happens, you forgot that you even set that goal for yourself, unless you have that daily reminder physically in your calendar, staring at you every day. So you know what you are doing or you know what you're not doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Love it, dude. Um, you know, and then, then, you know, I find at least for me, the, the third component, I mean, talked about setting goals, talked about creating the plan, you know, from an annual basis, all the way broken down, reverse engineering, all the way down to a daily basis. Um, um, but then, you know, I'm the third component that I'm looking at and, and, and I get, this kind of comes to the plan as well. Um, uh, but I do segment and separate it. Um, uh, uh, at least in my, you know, overall set, you know, goal setting process is, you know, I'm really going deep into, um, uh, you know, the, the support that I need to make this goal reality. And, yeah. and when I say support, it's, it's a very vague when I say support, because when I'm looking at support, it's, you know, okay, what are the maybe supporting systems, the supporting tools, 
you know, right. Um, um, you know, it might be, uh, uh, you know, and I need to delegate out some tasks. It might need, you know, actual staff support or, or, you know, a VA support. Um, but then I even go a little bit deeper into, you know, Hey, what kind of support do I need, you know, to make this a reality? Um, um, you know, meaning skill sets I need to learn. Do I, do I, you know, need, need, you know, a consultant, you know, whatever it may be like, you know, what do I need to make this a reality? Um, um, and I'll elaborate on that a little bit more because I think this is so important of, you know, I don't believe that you accomplish your goals. I believe that you grow into your goals, right? So when I'm setting my goals, man, when I go into this, you know, again, the support thing, a big question I'm asking myself, and, and, and I don't want to say it's the most important part because I look at each three of these phases, like a three-legged stool, you knock out one leg and it collapses. So yeah. they're all important, you know, but one of one of an extremely important component that I don't believe anybody should miss is going deep into the question of who must I become yeah. uh, uh, to make these goals a reality? Like who must I become? So then I, I am now, I become that person that can make these goals now a reality. You know, right? So what habits do I need to adopt? What habits do I need to break? You know, and so forth. And then also I'm looking big into environment. So support is also my environment, you know, my office environment, um, um, you know, the environment at my house, you know, right? Getting buy-in, you know, one of the, the biggest struggles that, that uh, you know, I hear from entrepreneurs, extremely driven entrepreneurs, you know, a lot of their biggest challenges, man, is their significant others. And, you know, uh, uh, you know, not just significant others, but, you know, people, those relationships of people that don't understand and aren't, you know, supporting them on this journey, you know, right. Um, um, you know, and so forth, you know, right. So, so when you guys look at, at that, um, you know, I don't know if that's something that you guys also look into and analyze and, and, yep. you know, what kind of impact it's had on you and if you guys are intentional with it. Yep. hundred percent. I've got, I've got, to, you know, especially into in your environment yeah. out of systems, tools, people, in your environment, either with people or just your circumstances. I feel like your environment's the most, the most important one. You know, like it doesn't matter the people you got around you, like the lender and how good the lender is or the systems and tools that you got, because if you're just not in the right mind state, or if you don't have time to compartmentalize and focus, because even during your workday, you're dealing with text messages or phone calls or personal situations, you're not going to execute. Right. So if someone's not buying in on your process or, or, wanting to go all in and support what you're doing i think it's twofold i think either that family member that significant other just doesn't have enough context on what it's going to take to make you successful and i think allowing that person into your world right and and maybe speaking with someone going over some things from someone that's been successful at it that can maybe speak to your wife or your significant other to kind of educate them on what's going on i think that's great but i think you also have to have accountability as in, if you've been a turd for six years and you've started and stopped things nine different times and you, it's not really your significance fault that like she just doesn't, he or she doesn't believe in what you're doing. Doesn't mean that they can't believe in you in the future for whatever you're about to do. It just means that you've got to take it a little bit more serious and allow them to be a part of that and be involved in that planning process or sitting down and you've got to find a way to make sure they have the value to believe in you this time. Or mm -hmm. if they don't have a reason not to believe in you, you still have to bring the value to make sure that they're engaged. And, you know, something we talk about, um, like we've talked about with our significant others, just involving them with our goals mm -hmm. and involving them with what we're trying to achieve. So it can't, like every time you, you get home or, or every time you're leaving work, it can't always be like, oh, I'm busy, I'm busy, I'm busy, I'm busy. Like they know you're busy. 
you know, we try to really talk to our significant others about our goals with what we're doing and then how we're accomplishing it. Right. So that way, if, if they want us to come home early, you know, like, Oh, Hey, well just, let's just do this. Well, if I come home early, I'm not getting these two videos done for YouTube. And if I don't get these two videos done today, then that means we don't have content for next week and yeah. we don't have time to make it up next week. So if you're asking me to come home or do something different and step away from what I'm committed to, you're asking, you know, you're not asking me to just come home from work early. You're asking me to not do these two videos that I need for next week that allow us to be consistent and achieve our goal. And when they're more involved with what you're doing and you're not always telling them you're busy, you're kind of involving them with what you're doing, not necessarily asking for advice or anything like that. It's mm -hmm. your choice, but we've had a lot of success just having our significant others involved in our goals and not just the goal, but the daily tasks, right? Um, as far as like what we've got to do that again. So if they're asking you to come home earlier, Oh, I know you're working late. Well, here's why. Yeah. And if they understand it, you know, it'd be just as clear as like, just as clear as you need to understand your own goal. I need to understand why I'm out shooting two more videos late at night. Right. I need to understand why I'm out doing something with Eli every single day, because that keeps us on our goal. Right, Josh. Well, just as much with your significant others, they should probably understand your goal, why it's important to you. They should also understand what you're doing on a daily basis to achieve that goal, because it's going to make that just as clear to them as it needs to be to you in order to achieve it. Not saying that you need permission from them, but building the value there is just as important as building the value with yourself and them understanding that way they can get on board and support what you're trying to achieve. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of significant others, they do want to support. And if they're left out and they're not included, it's hard for them to support, which means maybe they're upset and they don't value your goal or value yeah. what you have to do every single day. And they, they end up just not being a good environment versus including them, making that home life a, a, a team. My, my daughter, my son, my wife and I were a team, right? And everybody's got things they want to accomplish. My wife works for a, a civil engineering firm and super smart stuff. And she's got goals with that. And I have to adhere and support certain things there just like she does for me. But we've also got to like visualize ourselves as a family being a team and how well can we support one another in accomplishing that? And I think it's important. Man, and I'm so glad you brought up environment because I'm such an environment guy. And I think a lot of people are, maybe they just don't realize the importance that it has. So a couple things to that by focusing on controlling what you can control, right? You can't always control what happens to us during the day. We can't even oftentimes control like how we happen to wake up and feel that day because maybe something happened yesterday and it's just weighing on you or something. But controlling what you can control and removing some as many obstacles as you can. Again, achieving goals is hard enough. If your goal is weight loss and your gym is 20 miles away, that's a huge obstacle mm -hmm. that it's hard enough just to get to the gym when it's around the corner, right? Let alone as 20 miles away. So making sure out of the gate to make things as easy as possible for you, the rest of the shit is hard enough. Um, and then as far as environment and process, man, I always like told my personal training clients, if you can fall in love with the process, the results will come, right? So for me, it kind of accidentally happened with, you know, going to the gym. I didn't necessarily, when I first started working out, I didn't go there with really any intention outside of, I was a brand new kid at my high school. This buddy of mine happened to invite me. He gave me his pre-workout to try for the first time. And then, man, I just like <laughs> hanging out with a buddy. I like taking pre-workout. <gasps> I liked, yeah. <laughs> my face That's is melting. <laughs> but I fell in love with the music I listened to on the way to the gym. I, I enjoyed taking pre-workout. I enjoyed being there with the people. And the next thing I know, I looked and I had the results. In business, man, 
Um, I do do a lot more like computer office time stuff, you know, and for that, regardless if I feel like it or not, I get, I make sure my space is clean. I go and I have a certain type of music that I play, uh, candles that I like. Like I'm so big Dude, on he's not, the environment. He's not lying. I can't even be around no, yeah. for it. I, I, and him and I have our own time where yeah. I'm doing stuff that I'm doing. He's doing what he's doing. He gets but, super zen. But about I can it. control that. I can light a yeah. candle. I can click play on music. And then what that does, that gets my mindset into just a certain zone. And I'm able just to boom, get emails done, get YouTube comments done, just get <laughs> shit done that I have been procrastinating on. And I was like, man, I just needed to light the stupid candle, set my environment, and then my body handles itself. So that's one thing, man, Re removing as many unnecessary obstacles as possible. Um, you know, for me, we've got a gym in the basement, man. I don't have to convince myself to go work out. I have to give it, convince myself to take pre-workout. If I can convince myself, find enough motivation to go eh, shake, drink, the gym's going to happen. You know, that part's going to figure itself out. I bet you're probably pretty similar, especially with fitness. Yeah, man, I, I couldn't agree more with everything that you guys are saying, man. Um, you know, uh, most people that uh, maybe haven't achieved success, you know, right. They look at, uh, 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 let's just call them, you know, super achievers or whatever, uh, as you know, these people that, you know, just have this insane willpower, insane discipline. It's just not true. You know, right. We're, when it comes to willpower and discipline, we're all weak. We all have limited, you know, amounts of it. Um, um, it's about those super achievers understand that and they set their environment up to win, yeah. right. They, they create systems in place to make the habits and things that you do very easy. Um, uh, the distractions and the negative habits that you break very difficult. Like just an example, it's in the business example, but uh, uh, this is about six years ago. Um, uh, I, at that time I decided to give up alcohol and uh, I, it was a huge problem for me. I was, you know, drinking every single day, drunk by noon, crushing like a 30 pack every single day. And you know, I was a high functioning alcoholic. I still got work done. I was still building a good business, but I knew it was a problem. I knew to take it to the next level, you know, in business, I needed to cut that out. Plus, you know, create a lot of personal uh, issues for me. Right. So when I, when I committed to cutting out alcohol, um, uh, and dude, like I went through withdrawals for a week, fevers, shakes, like it was bad, man. Right. Um, uh, but man, I had to create my environment to win. So first thing was no alcohol in the house to so my wife, like, don't buy it. Don't bring it in here. I got rid of everything, dumped it all out. Right. For, for, and it took six months. I didn't have a time frame. It was just, okay. When I, like, I'll know when I'm ready, but it, it for me, it ended up being six straight months, no eating out at restaurants. Cause I, I knew that when I go to a restaurant, like I'm going to order a beer or whatever, um, so uh, uh, no eating, uh, no going to eat out at restaurants, you know, right? Um, uh, also, no social gatherings where alcohol was involved, you know, right? Because I knew I was too weak to give in. So I created that environment for myself, you know, right? Um, until I developed the habits, you know, right? And, and so forth, um, uh, where I could be in those environments and, and it didn't bother me, you know, right? So again, your environment is, you know, it, it's just like, all right, like I make it very easy when I walk downstairs uh, in the morning and get my first glass of water. It's like, I got my morning supplements all right here. I got my evening supplements all right here. I can't miss them. They're super easy. They're not hidden somewhere, you know, right. And so forth. Um, but the other thing I want to speak to environment, uh, um, uh, you know, we you guys talked about family and again, agree with everything that you guys said, you know, but also uh, uh, outside of immediate family, you know, um, you know, this is something that, you know, I'm, I'm fucking hardcore shit on is, um, <laughs> I got my pen out. I'm I ready. Need, to I, I need more, uh, uh, you know, more feeders than needers in my world. You know, right. So my wife and my kids need me, right. So for my staff, my employees, those that I choose to spend time with that aren't my wife and my kids, they must feed me. 
when I say feed me, I'm not talking money. I'm not talking food. I'm talking inspiration. Mm-hmm. You know, right? So like, I am not going to fucking go to a happy hour with a buddy of mine while he talks about fucking fantasy football or some stupid shit that isn't insp- inspiring me. That isn't, you know, taking me to the next level. It's not that I'm going to dog him and, and, and talk shit to him and tell him that like, look, I'll support him, you know, with that, but I'm not going to go invest that time, you know, to go out there and do that. So I, I, I want to have as many people. So like when I'm for me in business, when I'm very clear on my goals, you know, personal business, you know, I follow a very simple process of it's either a hell yes or a no. Either a hell yes or a hard fucking no. You know, right? So in business, this is getting me one, this activity, this thing, this this event, whatever it is, getting one step closer to achieving the goals that I need to achieve. You know, right? My personal life, you know, right? It's either like, it's got to be like something that I fucking truly, truly want to do that excites me, that inspires me and motivates me. Otherwise, I don't do it. You know, uh, um, you know, because it's too easy because uh, uh, this, this road can be lonely, especially in the beginning, you know, right? Because the circles that you rolled with before you went on the success journey, you know, right? Uh, um, you know, they're still doing the same shit, you know, talking about the stuff that happened back in the day, talking about who they hooked up this, this weekend and you know, all the shit that you get involved with, you know, before you grew and before you expanded and before you committed the success journey. Well, then you just all of a sudden one day wake up and you have those conversations like, dude, this doesn't do it for me. I don't want to partake in these conversations. It doesn't excite me anymore. You know, like I want to be over here talking to these people, you know, right? Well, then, you know, the people that you want to be in the room with, the, the, the mega super achievers, they're busy as fuck. And, and, and I don't want to sound shallow or mean, but you may not be able to contribute to those conversations yet, you know, right? So you don't, ha- you don't have a seat at that table yet. And I went, I went through that too. And again, it, it's, it's, it can be a very lonely journey, and, and, you know, how I recommend it for people to bridge that gap is that's where, you know, okay, hey, man, I can't go hang out with, I'll just use like a, a, I don't know, Elon Musk, you know, right? He ain't going to hang out with me. He ain't going to let me take him to lunch, pick his brain, but I can still learn from him, you know, mm-hmm. right? Elon Musk by Ashley Vance, you know, brilliant fucking book, you know, right? I can watch his interviews. I can, you know, you can still uh, be involved in those conversations from afar by listening to podcasts and so forth, you know, right? And then going on your successor and eventually you'll get to those tables, you know, right? And it'll make it where it's not quite so lonely, um, uh, uh, you know, but dude, if you are still hanging out with the same fucking people, you know, right? That, that are telling you not work so much, not drive so hard, that are, you know, calling you every night when you know you got to go shoot those two damn videos, but they're, they're, you know, oh, dude, put that off, man. Just come to the bar, you know, right? What those people are actually saying, if they know what your goals are and what's committed to you is that they don't give two fucks about you, your goals and you expanding and supporting higher for your family. You know, right? They're just fucking bored, lonely in their own, you know, kind of misery of life and, and want you to partake because they're, they're, they're too scared to do it alone or whatever that reason may be. So, you know, that, that's the other, uh, uh, you know, thing of environment to really, really pay attention to. Because a lot of people when they think of environment, it's, you know, what does my office look like and, you know, you know, so forth. But it's also, you know, dialing in those people that, uh, you know, around you and identifying people that, that you do need around you that aren't there yet. You know, getting yeah. attention. What, what, what mentor can you have? Yeah, right. What coach can you have? Who do you need to align yourself with? And and look, you maybe you can't afford a coach. Maybe you can't afford a, you know, to, to go out there and pay for that person. It doesn't take money, you know, right? Like you might have a skill set. For sure, especially if you're new, you have time. You know, I I, I go do let's just say a mentor that most most extremely successful people are involved in charities. You know, right? They're giving back and trying to have an impact and so forth. So I could go to somebody that I know that this charity is, is really near and dear to their heart. They're really involved with it that I want to be mentored by. And I might go to them with, with a proposal of, hey, I will volunteer 10 hours of my time to, to your, your charity um, for one hour of your time for mentorship. And the reason you're given 10 and they're only given one is because their time is worth 
uh, probably a hundred times more than your time's worth. Yeah, right. Um, uh, but they'll probably end up giving you a hell of a lot more time than, than that. You know, there's always creative ways to go out there and surround yourself with the right people. So, you know, get really strict on that and make sure that you, you, you know, you're, you're paying attention to those people in your world. And just taking action, you know, like even when you, if you're, if you're fortunate to have a mentor and they're adequate at what they do, great. They're not there to build your business model. They're not there to babysit you. And, and I know it's common. I know a lot of places there's accountability. Hey, did you make your calls? Did you do and those things you're always going to go through and that, and that's fine, but you got to be the one that's going out, taking action after you get some of the advice, you got to go, you got to go do trial and error. You got to figure out what's working and what's not working mm-hmm. for you. And I love getting jazz up for goals. I, I love things that motivate me. I, you know, I, I don't know how long we're keeping you, Josh, or if we're already going over your time, but I think one of my biggest keys here is no matter how fun your career, uh, you know, your path is, there's always going to be some things that you just don't want to do, right? Like within it, you know, even within real estate, Elon and I have about as much fun as you can, man. Our YouTube is, it's freaking fun. Him and I enjoy each other a lot. The clients we get from it are super fun, but there's still some things that aren't always fun about it, right? Mm-hmm. But the biggest thing and the, the number one thing I want to leave people with is just, it's freaking hard, right? Like accomplishing what you want to, being a top producer in the country or a certain level of income or a certain level of success for you, whatever that is, if it's anything substantial, it's really freaking hard. Just find, like, just put yourself in good company with people that are on that same course that are out getting after it every single day. So if you do have a couple of friend phone calls here and there, you catch up with someone they can relate to what you're doing and you can get a little laugh about it of just how hard it really is. Him and I get a vibe out on that a lot, but just not letting having just not letting your emotions have majority vote, right? Mm-hmm. There's going to be days you don't want to do something. You don't feel like doing something. You're tired. The last thing you want to look at is putting a contract together, whatever it may be. But the bottom line is, you know, we tend to let our emotion make that decision. I'm tired. I'm not making those 20 Facebook outreaches like, ah, hey, since when did tired matter? Since when did tired have anything to do with the overall goal that you want? Now, if you're consistently tired, because every night at 7 p.m., when you've got a time block for something, you're always tired and you're, you're not being proficient at it in the first place, or it's not sustainable. Well, then you got to go in and figure out, hey, should I be in bed by seven because I'm up so early? And should I move this thing somewhere else? Yeah. Like you definitely want to pay attention to patterns. If you're always tired, if you're always not feeling like doing something and it's consistent, dive into that. But it's probably not that. And if you're listening to Josh's podcast and you guys are out grinding, it's probably not that. You're probably in the right industry. You're probably kicking ass. And we probably just get emotional sometimes, even a little bit. We just don't feel like doing something. You really got to be careful with that because that little feel, don't feel like doing something, that one thing adds up over the course of the year. And before you know it, man, like just like in shooting, Josh, we talk about it, man. You're shooting something at 500 yards, a thousand yards out, man, even that, even that much over the course of distance or time, you're not even close to that target. And that's almost what's upsetting about goals is man. It's, it's not so much. You did something so drastic to not hit your goal. It's that you did something habitual, right? You did something repeatedly over time that took you way far left on your goal and you've really got to pay attention to those details i think a lot of times it is emotion and we have a tired day or we let a bad day instead of just having a bad moment it's these little incremental adjustments that you got to pay attention to because it's those small habits that you're not paying attention to 
that actually, again, over the course of time, take you way off of your goal. It's not going to be, it's just not going to be something huge that smacks you right in the face of why you didn't do 30 deals this year. It's mm-hmm. going to be some, some behaviors that you made consistent and, and you didn't make, you didn't pay attention to them. And it, it takes you way left, man. Mm-hmm. Man. And I would just say, as far as specific to that, that loneliness thing that you'd mentioned, man, um, that's a real part of business, dude. He ain't and, lonely. Look at this. And, <laughs> wish I was lonely. Jesus. <laughs> you think this guy's lonely, Josh. The think he's here, lonely? Here's the thing though. Not everyone's going to have an amazing will by their side all the time. He does not mean that I'm a, nightmare. but, um, lonely. It's a part of this world, man. And you need to, I think you need to learn to love that. Just like weights are heavy, man. Like hundred pounds, a hundred pounds, dude. Sometimes it feels lighter. Sometimes it feels heavier, but loneliness is just a part of being on this path to being a high achiever, to being ultra successful, being what the people who are listening to this podcast, what they're trying to be. Loneliness is just part of it. So you're outside walking or in your car at two, three in the morning. Man, Looking like a criminal. There's something special to doing shit that other people aren't willing to do. And if you can learn to love being lonely, man, like I'm sure your office right there is probably not the most exciting, entertaining place, but there's probably something special about walking into that and feeling that, um, that, that loneliness, man, of just, Hey, I'm on this path. I don't, I have people supporting me, but this is my path to travel and I'm not always going to have support around me, but I still need to stay on this path regardless. So if you don't learn to kind of love that loneliness a little bit, man, uh, it's going to be a struggle. When you're going to find out who you are, bottom line is when you have that time with yourself, it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks you're there, you're doing your, your cardio at two 30 in the morning. You got to answer to yourself. Are you doing it? Are you not? Are you letting yourself down or not? And you're going to find out a lot about what you stand for. You're going to find out how important your goals are and who you are when you do have that time by yourself. So I would say, you know, if I don't necessarily love it, but I, I respect it. And I know that I capitalize from it and I, I, I know it's necessary. And, and, and we, you know, for those reasons, I do enjoy it. Yep. Love it. Powerful stuff. All right, guys. Uh, um, I know we got to wrap this bad boy up, but real quick. Uh, uh, I know you guys are going to have this on your podcast as well, but just in case somebody's watching this on the GSD mode podcast, uh, you guys got a great podcast. Um, uh, where can people go out there um, and, you know, check out your guys' shit and, and start following you guys. Where's the best place to do all of that at? Yeah, man. I'm on Instagram. Will underscore grime. You'll find a lot more about my background there and some things I do outside of real estate. Uh, and then Facebook, there's no under, oh, excuse me. Yeah. Facebook, there's no underscore. It's just Will Grimes. Um, and then we've got our podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google play, anywhere there's podcasts. We're there. It's called day $1 zero. Uh, we're on set now. You guys can, there you go. Can kind of see that. And then, um, yeah, those are probably the best. Yeah. And for me, man. Uh, yeah. Facebook, Instagram, uh, it's Eli Schmidt here. And then, uh, man, our YouTube channel is uh, Living in Denver, Colorado. Uh, there's there's a few other uh, Denver, Living in Denver channels. You'll see our <laughs> our faces on there. You can't miss us. Yeah. You'll yeah. find us. Yeah. Love it. And, uh, uh, you know, just in case you guys are on day one, dollar zero watching or listening to this, if you want to uh, check out more content that I'm out there putting on a consistent basis, it's at, you can either go to gsdmode.com or you on YouTube, just type in either Joshua Smith or GSD mode. Uh, it'll pull up, but, uh, uh, you know, we've got about six years of consistent content, about 1400 different episodes from top realtors, entrepreneurs, health and fitness experts, and so forth. A lot of great content, all hundred percent free. So, you know, definitely go check that out. And you guys, I greatly 
we greatly appreciate you spending this time with us. Um, uh, you know, I know that your tech guys' time is valuable, uh, but just make sure that you're taking this stuff intentional. Don't just listen to this information and then go jump off to the next thing. Not saying to go dive into your goals right now. You're probably busy. This has been a long podcast, but you know, uh, information without implementation is just a sort of delusion. Information only becomes power when you execute on that information that then allows you to create the results and create the the power in your life for you to go out there and create the life that you want, you know that you want, know that you deserve. So execution is the key, man. Information alone is just useless, right? So go out there and execute on the information, go out there and plan a massive next year. You guys deserve success, but you got to put in the work. So keep kicking ass. Thanks for watching you guys. And we'll see you next time. Peace. Appreciate you guys. See ya. See you guys. I hope you enjoyed this GSD Mode podcast episode. Now make sure you get shit done and smash that subscribe button now.